Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. Well, we are in um, a series. We've been kind of going through the book of Acts in a series titled Church on Fire. And we're back in that. We took last week off for rally night as we just kind of prayed um, for SNL. And man, can I say, like, it's cool to look back. We're, one week ago, we were here praying specifically for SNL, that people would show up, that the weather would be good, that the worship team would go good, that the message would go good, like all these things. And let me just say, God answered all of our prayers. Um, and uh, also, f- to those of you that invited friends and made an effort to bring somebody out, I'm so proud of you. God is really working through your life, um, and it's amazing to participate with you um, as, we, as we attempt to fulfill the great commission of bringing the kingdom of heaven um, here as it, as it is in heaven, so let it be here in Vero Beach. And that's what we want to see um, And. Uh, as we continue to hopefully advance the kingdom and walk with Jesus. So that's our goal. That's what we're all about. And um, we're in Acts 19, and I think it's a perfect uh, topic for us um, after SNL and sort of the last few weeks we've been talking about really the idea of gospel or the, the message of the gospel. And we've been seeing that those that are far from God can be brought near through relationship with Jesus. And we saw that the efforts that both Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection, and the early church was willing to go in order to see people that didn't know God come into relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we've been talking about, this idea of gospel. And now we're going to, as we continue um, into Acts 19, we're going to see sort of the the follow-up to gospel, follow-up to what we would call salvation or conversion, as the language of the Apostle Paul in the book of uh, Ephesians would say, that we who were dead in trespasses and sin come alive to God through faith in Christ Jesus. That this this conversion happens, this this transition happens from dead to alive. That's how God works. Spiritually, we're dead pre-Christ. Through faith in Jesus, our our spirit, the part of us that relates to God and knows God, comes alive um, through Christ Jesus. But then after that, um, we begin to walk with God. Because life doesn't end at conversion. Life doesn't end through uh, placing faith in Jesus Christ. All that does is begin the journey. We then begin to walk in discipleship to Jesus. or, or, Or some teachers call it apprenticeship to Jesus. Where we follow after him and we begin to learn from him and become more like him. And so this process for us is now, if you've placed faith in Jesus, what our life looks like. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is this, and I didn't give you guys anything, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, But it it is in the Bible app um, if you follow the events um, there. Let me just break it down if you're new. If you you have the YouVersion Bible app and you click the three lines that say more, and then you click events, um, it'll be the first one that comes up, the Factory Youth and you can follow along the notes there. Um, I've, I titled this, Life Change After Heart Change. Life Change After Heart Change. Now, immediately through faith in Jesus Christ, you're, what we would say is you, you become a new creation. Old things have passed away. You are now in relationship with God. And this, this 
inside trans, this transition happens. But now there's sort of your life has to follow. Um, Paul would talk about the Apostle Paul, who's the character we're following in the book of Acts. He would write to the Philippians, and he says, I press forward to lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me for. In other words, when I got saved, Christ placed a purpose on my life, and now I am pressing forward into to find exactly what that is. And so there's this, there's this as we walk with Jesus, we uncover and discover what it is that God has for us. So there's these next steps after you've placed faith in Jesus. And these steps are both linear after salvation and circular, meaning we continue them in our lives. I was thinking about this today um, that, uh, what year is it? 2021. Okay. Yeah, 2011. Um, so in 2020, when when we shut down the youth for those 12 weeks um, at the end of or the beginning of April, um, we did the Factory Youth Online. Who was here for the Factory Youth Online? Okay, if you didn't know, go to our YouTube channel, go back and watch the Factory Youth Online. We were producing the craziest YouTube videos every single week. Like we literally one week, the, I think the craziest hijinks of them all was when we did carpool karaoke. And carpool karaoke um, consisted of us taking six iPhones and zip tying them to every spot in a car you could possibly imagine. And then I was the one editing the videos at the time, pre-Sean. You can definitely tell there's a transition on our YouTube channel from Nate to Sean. You can see it. Um, but I was editing those videos and I would take the, the six iPhone clips, all for like an hour plus of constant videoing. I had to take them, I had to sync them up somehow, and then I had to chop through and select through all the different videos to get it on the right face at the right time. Let me tell you, it was so difficult. But let me, let me also tell you that when I was doing it a bunch, um, it, it got familiar. Now I haven't opened, I can't even remember what it's called, Premiere? Is that what the software's called? Yeah, I haven't even opened Premiere since. So, like, if I were to open Premiere right now, I would have a hard time, like, doing a fade in or a fade out or something, like, super basic. Because when I was out of practice of it, I've sort of lost the, the, the ability to do it. You know, it's like, it's like learning some formula in your math class. You learn it. And you also, if you're, if you're smart, you learn how to use it for the test. And then um, if you go into a line of work like I have, you never use it again. Um, and then it's, it's just wiped from your memory bank forever. It's just like the Pythagorean, I, can't, I couldn't even say it today. I was trying to say it. Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, like that, gone. I don't even, is that the x squared plus b, a squared plus b squared equals c squared? Yeah. So that's the theorem, but I don't know how to, anyways, it doesn't matter. Do math, pay attention, school's great. Um, but you, there's, this, there's, this, there's these things that you have to actually put into practice in order to be able to have experience in using them. And so what I want to talk, for us, talk to us about tonight is, so if you've placed faith in Jesus, what then happens next as you walk with him? How do we grow and continue to walk with him? And these are things both linearly, so after salvation we walk through them sort of down the line, but also circular, meaning it's repeating, it's ongoing. We continue to do these in our life. No matter what stage of faith you're at in your life, what we're going to talk about tonight is important for us as you journey with Jesus. 
All right, Acts chapter 19, we're going to read a bit of text. It says this, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. The first thing that we see after salvation or, or as we walk with Jesus is this working of the Holy Spirit. The working, point number one, the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an interesting and almost controversial case study on the working of the Holy Spirit. What's happening in Acts chapter 19. It is then, um, uh, well, this is sort of the second time this is happening. Uh, the first time would be in Acts chapter 8. Um, we're not going to get into the controversy around it. Um, but basically, what we're talking about and what we see is that Paul shows up and these guys are not yet believers in Jesus. They are followers, they are disciples to John. John was the sort of predecessor to the ministry of Jesus. John was there to pave the way or prepare the way for Jesus. And he preached a message, John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, preached a message that, hey, the Christ, the Messiah is coming. It's soon, it's going to happen. And when he does, we will be introduced into a new way of having relationship with God. And so these people were followers of John. They were not yet followers of Jesus. And so Paul shows up and he begins to communicate with them. And he shares Jesus with them. And they're saved and we're told they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this happens, this filling of the Holy Spirit happens to every believer. When you decide to follow Jesus, his empowering presence fills you. When you that, that's why we talk about Jesus is like he's standing at a door and knocking. And if we would open it up into our hearts, if we would open it up, he would come in and he would dine with us or dwell within us. The Bible talks about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about how Christ is being formed in us. That when we place faith in Jesus Christ, his empowering presence fills us. And the Holy Spirit then dwelling in you, listen to me, is what helps you follow God and live pleasing to him. His Holy Spirit in you is what helps you to follow God and live pleasing to him. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verses, verse 7 through 9. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now he's talking to his disciples. He's got his 12 guys there. He's been walking with them. He's been doing miracles. They've been following him. Life has been great. It's been hard, but it's been great. And he says, hey, I'm going to leave soon. And they're like, wait, where are you going to go? Like, we can't leave. And he says, no, actually, it's better that I leave. It's to your advantage that I leave. And he says, for if I don't go away, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. 
But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, this is the role of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So Jesus says this. He says, okay, it's better for me to leave. Now, I can't think of any situation where it would be better for Jesus not to be there. Like, think about any situation in your life. If Jesus was there, it was better. Like, you're playing pickup basketball. I feel like he'd probably be good at it. Like, Jesus, you're rolling with me. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can do crazy stuff. Like, I, I trust that you can get this ball into the hoop. You know, like anything. You're like, you're, you're struggling with math homework. Like, Jesus, do you know how to do it? He's like, I know. Yeah, I'm all-knowing. I can help you with the Pythagorean theorem. He's like, I know that. It's A squared plus B squared. C, and he knows how to use it, which is so crazy. Um, do you think he used it when he was, like, creating all things and spoke all things? And he's like, do it. Okay, anyways. Do you think he invented it later? All right. I, this is just random. Okay. Um, so uh, everything is better with Jesus there. That's the point I'm trying to make. But he says it's better. It's better for me to leave so I can send the Holy Spirit. Here's the primary reason why. Jesus was limited to time and space and singular location. Right? Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem, was in Jerusalem. Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem, was not also in Vero Beach. So the Holy Spirit, what he does is he has the work of empowering every single believer. And so right now the believers that are in uh, uh, Pakistan have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. And the, the believers that are in here in Vero Beach or the ones that are next door in the sanctuary or the ones that go to a different church in Vero, the Holy Spirit then lives within them. And we have this greater, this greater work because he can reach more people. And so the Holy Spirit comes in every person. And he says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict us or, in other words, convince us for our need for him and for holiness. The Holy Spirit dwelling in you oftentimes, it looks like all sorts of things. We don't have time to get into all of them. But the Holy Spirit is that voice or that feeling in you that wants you to do what is right and God-honoring. That, that's, that, that's that moment where we, we've all been there, where we, we, we're torn. We know what's right. We also want to do what's wrong. And we've got this, this torn feeling inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's convincing us or convicting us or drawing us into deeper and closer relationship with God. And when you place faith in Jesus, you are then filled with the Holy Spirit and he is working in your heart and in your life. And the more you learn to listen and obey him, the louder he gets. So sometimes you're like, I don't feel like I hear him. Well, probably it's because you've silenced him. Because you ignored them and you ignored them. You, you ever, uh, forgive me, but there's this person that's been trying to get a hold of me for like the last two weeks and I've been busy and it's not that important and I just keep meaning to get back. But over time, if you stop responding long enough, they stop calling, right? That's not good advice. I'm going to get back to them, I promise. I promise. It's just been a weird week. Anyways, um, you know what I'm saying? Like after, so the Holy Spirit, he's calling you. He, he's, he's convincing you of your need for him and deeper relationship with God, deeper into holiness and right living. But if you ignore him, he gets quieter. And so we must learn as followers of Jesus to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow his work in our lives. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives is three things. According to Paul, it's the fruit of the Spirit. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are all fruit of the Spirit at work in us. According to James, the author of the book of James, it is good works. It is doing things that bless God and others. And according to John in his letters, it's love, specifically agape love. The Spirit, as he works in your heart and in your life, it, it is evidenced through the fruit of the Spirit. It's evidenced through good works. It's evidenced through love. So, as followers of Jesus, if you place faith in Jesus, you need to now allow the work of God, the Holy Spirit, to, to work in your life. All right, moving on in the, in the chapter, look at verse 9. It says this. Now, when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he, Paul, departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. The second thing that we need to have as we, as we allow God to change our life is the importance of Scripture. We need the working of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand the importance of Scripture. We're told that Paul spent two years teaching the Word of God. Two years in Ephesus. This is now the longest time Paul would stay in any one place. In Thessalonica, which we have uh, the letters to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, or one and 2 Thessalonians, um, he only spent two weeks there. And a church got started, so somebody was, after two weeks, they got saved, and they're like, all right, man, you're the pastor now. To imagine being a Christian for two weeks and you're like, all right, you got to do Nate's job. This, this, and, but here in, in Ephesus, for whatever reason, Paul just camps out. They're renting out this school. It's pretty cool. They're renting out this school and they're, they're doing church in this school. My brother James just sent a picture uh, to our family group chat today as he drove past Oslo Middle School. Because back in the day, Calvary Viral used to meet in Oslo Middle School. And so he, he drove past him. Back in the day, he's like... What did you say, like 10 years, 20 years ago, 15 years ago on a Thursday night, we'd be pulling into Oslo Middle School right now. Um, and if it was a good night, my mom would take us to Nick's family restaurant. We'd get chicken wings. Woo! All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it's, I haven't been to it since it's changed, but the delicious sauce. Uh, anyways, rest in peace. Okay. The, the school, they're renting out this school. The gospel is being preached. And for two years, Paul is preaching the gospel there. What we see here is as he's teaching the word of God, the importance of the word of God. And it's important. God's word is important in our life in at least three ways. There's probably more. I'm going to give us three. Okay. Number one, personal time in God's word. It is important for you. I'm talking to you. Okay. You. Whoever you are, it is important for you to be in God's word. Where do you start? Download the YouVersion Bible app. Do a Bible plan. Something simple. Do something simple like faith or fear or anxiety. Find a Bible plan and just each day pick it up. It's so awesome when you do the plan. It gives you a check mark when you finish the reading. It gives you a summary. Let me tell you, it is so satisfying at the end of the day seeing all those check marks. You're like, yes, I'm such a Christian. I'm killing it. Um, do a Bible plan. Get alone with God. Spend time in his word. It is important for you as a follower of Jesus to get to know him through his word. So personal time. Then secondly, corporate time in God's word. That's what we're doing right now. You passed this part of the, the test. 
right? Corporate time where we get together and somebody instructs us and teaches us God's word. And no matter what stage of life you're at, it is important for us to gather together and be instructed in God's word. I go to church either on Saturday night or the 11.15 on Sunday morning and I sit in church and Pastor Jim opens up God's word and I open my Bible app and I follow along and I am instructed in God's word to help me grow and understand his plans for my life. It's important no matter where you're at to get in a place that God's going to, that people are going to teach you God's word, okay? So corporate time. And then I would say thirdly, I would call it sort of conversational time in God's word. This is, this will be practiced tonight through small groups, okay? But this is limited to small groups, but it's where we get around people that are like-minded, that are that have faith, and we just sort of ask questions or dialogue about Jesus and his work and what he's doing in our life and what we read in our devotion or, or whatever it looks like, conversational time, where we're, we don't just keep it all in here, but we actually get it out and articulate it and walk through it. Because sometimes, let me tell you, if you read God's word for any length of time, you are bound to be confused at some point. It's, just, it's, it's the Bible. Some of the stuff is so confusing and weird. And you're like, what is this? Is this real? Like, is this, is this actually what I'm reading right now? And sometimes you got to get it out. You have to be like, is this what, what, what is going on here? And you got to express, or maybe there's, there's things you're walking through that you're like, I'm reading God's word and I'm walking through this and these two things don't line up. And so it's beginning to cause doubt in me. Because I thought God's word says this, that even when I don't feel it, you're working. But I don't, I, I, I don't even see any work. I see nothing. So what ha- we got to talk about it. we got to find people that we can, we can talk with and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm thinking. The importance of God's word. All right, final thing. Um, not yet. I'll call the worship team up in just a second. All right, verse 11. I'm gonna, I want to read through the rest of this section. It says, now God worked unusual miracle by the hands of Paul. Now let me just pause for one second. Miracles are unusual by nature. Okay. A miracle is unusual. That's what makes it a miracle. Right? If it was not unusual, it wouldn't be a miracle. It would just be normal. And so this Luke, who's writing this book, wants to be like, I know. He's like, I get it, man. Miracles are weird. These ones are extra weird. Listen to why. He says this. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his, Paul's body, to the sick, and the diseases left them. And the evil spirits went out of them. All right. Very, very strange. As far as I know, Kleenex goes in the trash, especially used ones. They are not shared with other people. Paul did not get the memo. Handkerchief was like Paul's old handkerchief. Hey, let's take that to sick people. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I'm just telling you, if we learn anything about this from this past year, it's like that doesn't work. Okay, so then, 13, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over the... We're just going to breeze through. This is one of those weird stories we're not going to talk about. Ask your small group leader. It says this. Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief, chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom they had the uh, evil spirit was, was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out the house naked and wounded. 
All right. This became known uh, both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, and the Lord of the G- Jesus was, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. This is what the part I want us to see. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The final thing that we need to understand, we need to understand the working of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the importance of Scripture. But then number three, we need the removal of old ways. The removal of old ways. This kind of weird story about demons and naked people and stuff like that happens. And then we're told it concludes and says that um, they were saved and they got rid of these old like Harry, not Harry Potter. That, that, I'm sorry. I didn't, that just came out of my mouth. It was like sorcery books. Not, yeah. I'm not up here saying like, don't read Harry Potter. I'm sorry. That's not what I'm trying to say. Okay. It's fine. Uh, the movies are great. Harry Potter world is amazing. Anyways, what I'm saying is they took these like sorcery books to practice magic. That is no good. All right. I'll say that. Um, they took and burned them. They got rid of them. Right. If you have a wand from Harry Potter, that's fine. How long do I need to go on before I'm good? Are we good? Just move past it. Just move past it. We're good? Okay. All right. We're moving past it. I've got three minutes. Actually, no. we got three minutes till small groups. Holy cow. What happened? All right. Anyways. Um, John, don't laugh at me. I'm just working through it. Um, okay. So they burned all their magic, all their old stuff. There was this this. God was doing a work in them, and they're like, this used to identify me. This used to be my life, and now we're burning it. And it's a massive, massive burning of all of these books. The point is here, the point is not what they got rid of. The point is that they got rid of something. And for us as followers of Jesus, guys, listen to me. If you missed everything else that I said, hear this, okay? When it comes to following Jesus, the best success that we're going to have is by removing the things that slow us down and get in the way. And for some of us, as we, maybe this is a new walk with God for you. This is brand new for you. You're new to church. You're new to faith. Or or you're just coming back. Whatever the case, there must come a point where we radically remove things from our lives that are keeping us from walking with God. Sometimes that's friends. That might be apps on our phone. That might be putting ourselves in certain situations. That might be music. That might be people we follow on social media. That might be habits. Jesus calls us into deeper practice in his ways and in his life. And sometimes in order to do that successfully, there must be the removal of stuff that hinders us from our walk with God. Jesus calls us into deeper relationship. And there must be at times dramatic separation in order to actually move into what God has. And for us, for all of us, we have to come to a point where we look at our life and we say, is there anything that needs to go? Do I have a sort of metaphorical book that needs to go? Maybe there's a relationship that you know when you get around this person, it's, it's not edifying it's not making me more like Christ maybe maybe it's an app right maybe it's maybe it's an app you're like I don't think that's that bad but it leads you to things that are not good 
Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's places you've gone or places you've been going. That in order, listen to me, if you want to be successful, we, we, we sang about tonight, man, it, it was so powerful. Cornerstone, when, when he returns in trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. And my heart's cry, especially lately, is God, would, would I just be found faithful? Would I be somebody that has just been faithful to you and to your word and to your people and to my wife and to all of this? I want to be somebody that is faithful. I don't want to be somebody that flamed out. I don't want to be somebody that like had a moment and peaked and then what happened to him? Oh, he did that and he's gone now. I want to be somebody that's faithful to the end. And so we need to make sure that if there's things in our life, the, the book of Hebrews tells us that we need to, we're running a race, that the walk of God is a race, and we have to cast off every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. So the sin is obvious things. There's things in our life that are sin that's got to go. But weight is things that just slow us down. It's not technically sin, but it's keeping us from advancing in the pace that God would have for us. Man, what are the weights that need to come off in our life? What are the things that are slowing us down, hindering us, keeping us from walking with God? We need the deeper working of the Holy Spirit. We need the importance of the scripture in our life. And we need to remove the things that are causing us to stumble. We're going to do something different tonight. I'm not going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to close in prayer and we're going to go to groups. All right.